0: i went to my high school reunion it was 40 35 year 40 and people like oh you're still punk well yeah i've lived a life of nothing but fun you know (laughs) hi this is lol
1: tolhurst co-founder of the cure this is budgie co-founder of the
2: creatures drummer with the slits And Susie and the Banshees. Welcome to
1: Curious Creatures. Life after punk. You may think you know the territory. But we We drew drew the map.
0: map. It used to be the drummers made a big difference in sound of your band. Now people just, uh, they got... Really technical and really good, but it's the same beats yeah. and, the same, and the same overproduced sound.
2: But, but to get like to get your single or your song recorded, you still had to get to somebody's studio. somebody had to have a room with some mics and 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 then you' had to get a drum guitar and the rest of the band. and so it was inevitable that it was gonna sound pretty crap you know or if if you're lucky, you'd get this huge overpowering sound that filled every mic
0: yeah and some bands got so lucky in their first albums and some didn't
2: yeah yeah, yeah.
0: but you know getting new drum heads for an album who could afford that yeah <laughs> yeah i mean strings was <laughs> that was something i got new strings Woo! i used to boil my bass strings like twice a week i'd boil Things, get all the shit off it.
2: I heard the the, when the banshees first went in the studio. I wasn't with them, but it was like you know the producer said. So, well hang on, what what you tune to? And they say, well, well, his guitar was in tune, so we tuned to him,
1: or whoever it was. That's like Indian musicians. They do the same thing, you know. They all tune to you know one one person. or have one of those um, didgeridoos. Yeah, no, <laughs>
2: wrong country. Wrong country but we didn't have tuners until maybe i think the first maybe the first tour and some some the bigger band had like one of those stroboscopic spinning disc things you know yeah yeah that no, nobody could understand it looked kind of cute i used to have pitch pipes you know I, I used to think they were an instrument
0: oh yeah 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 we we scare one of those i don't think we ever used it that was my first
2: harmonica i think you know pitch pipes trying to play a tune on them one string rock and roll i remember Mark Bolin was my first song. Not Mark Bolin, but Ride a White Swan or something like that.
0: If you buy uh, his T-Rex's greatest hits, guess what song's not on it?
2: Ride a White Swan.
0: No, gun. Gone. your Gone is not on it. It's not on it? No. Get it on. Greatest hits, but someone must have said, nope, can't have this one. <laughs> no. that no. was no, it? Yeah. No, I bought the CD, and it was not on it. I kept waiting for it. I mean, I like Kids of the Revolution, and shit like that, but
2: they're good recordings, good good sounding recordings. Like probably all the band in the studio, apparently because old Mark would have been in there on a little rostrum in the middle, like kind of guiding the band through
0: six songs. Thank God for glam, you know. Yeah. I mean, thank Goddess, but it was just it was rock and roll was so boring, and that was uh, the liaison for punk.
2: You say you saw Sweet at the Whiskey, right? Or was it the I-Beam? I, I, the I-Beam. So what was it like? I mean, what,
0: were, were Kiss already around? Well, that was later. They were they were older. It was like probably 88 or, 80 or 89. But uh, they were so fucking good.
2: It wasn't packed. No, no. Well, they they were like a kind of... Um, they wanted to be like a Led Zeppelin, but they got in with two songwriters and they started all this. Wow,
0: there, there are so many great songs, though. And and what they were the first band I'd ever seen that pulled off their three-part harmony live. You know, it was amazing to watch. The professionals and punk rock bands, very few can pull off even two-part harmony live. <laughs>
2: Do you have like this kind of a conflict of interest almost, like where you 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 obviously you respect musicianship and the ability to pull it off, as you just said, you know that kind of technical stuff, and yet also the the kind of no, the knowing that uh, the energy and the desire and the, the absolute need to go out and find the energy is almost the opposite of that. You know, you don't need any training; you just need the the put whatever it takes to get yourself up there on stage well you
0: know, my band no effects were we i really believe are the most improved band you know because none of us knew how to play you know our guitar player playing through a stereo and we all just bought instruments and we were terrible for like eight or nine years and then i learned how to write a song and I'm, I'm one of those people that uh if it's not a good song i just don't even give a fuck and i don't like music generally i just like certain bands and certain records and, and songs. It's a shame because I don't enjoy music. Like most people do like the energy and how good a band sounds. It's, it's the songs that hit me.
2: Yeah. I get you.
0: And when I hear something great, that's why the X-ray specs is so big for me.
2: Because it was all about the song. It was all about the, the emotion in it. But
0: just they're melodic, they're catchy songs. And some bands I don't like people like what? you don't like Elvis Costello? I'm like, no, I think his songs are shite. You know, any band where everyone knows what the big hit is, like Radiohead, everyone knows what their best song is. It's Creep. right? Uh, you're not a good band. If you have one song that everyone thinks is, and and, and Elvis Costello was not a hit maker. He, he had a couple, but great bands have, no one knows what their best song is.
2: That's my opinion. But no, I remember Elvis Costello's, if you like, The Push uh, from Stiff Records you know the, the, he was the big big chance I, and I, I just saw I think it was next year's model I saw the posters they were full, you know, they, they had posters nobody else could afford posters but it done by professional and they had the shades he looked like a Buddy Holly character yeah and his name was you know a kind of a mix of Aberton and Costello and Elvis Presley right So
0: we got Abbott Costello, we got Lauren Hardy, we got any Marx Brothers references on this show?
2: Yeah, you know, and we were waiting for like the Elvis Costello and the attractions to come down, and like the the kind of guys who liked music from the you know the decade before. They were all there waiting because they were thought, no, he's. Like he's going to be there, and Nick Lowe will be there, and like these. Nick go- Lowe
0: was a better songwriter.
1: Yeah, of course, and he didn't know it. But <laughs> so another um, little known fact: mm-hmm. the day Buddy Holly died, and the Big Bopper, and Richie Valens was the day I was born. Hey, there you go.
2: Was the genetic transmission
1: going on? Do you think?
0: <laughs> I'm going to say that it was. I think the Big Bopper may have being reincarnated to you I think so well, Budgie you're more of a Buddy Holly
2: no I'm more Busby Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do those big kind of pirouetting swim dives and you know. B- Busby Berkeley. Berkeley Berkeley see I haven't, I haven't got the, uh, the California twang I've got the Liverpool twang
0: what do you guys think what do you, what do you think the best band ever or one of the top three bands we don't know who the best band is I still
2: like the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> I like the Beatles because of their songs, you know. Well, yeah, the
0: Beatles, they're the best band. No one, no one's ever touched them.
2: I don't, know. Uh... I like Wire. I still love listening to early early Wire album.
0: Well, yeah, that Pink is great, Pink Flag, but you wouldn't consider them to be one of the best bands of all time. No, it's of
2: its of its moment, uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, of uh, the best bands of all time, God.
0: You know, the first punk band to put out a 7-inch was... In England, right? So, oh, the Damned, the damned. And, and those guys are still awesome and the coolest motherfuckers. Yeah, and, and it's one time I was with uh, the Captain about uh, fifteen years ago. This big punk festival, and I'm with Byron from Pennywise, and we we're doing some coke, and it was just the three of us. Well, hey, Captain, you want a line? He's like, My, I haven't done that shite in, in fifteen years. I go, Well, you want one? He's like, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> And I was like, this is a fucking awesome dude. And we, we, you know, we hung out and talked fast for like an hour.
1: Here's, here's another story then. So in the original uh, Cure, Michael, Mickey D, the bass player, his mum was a school teacher, and Rat Scabies' mum yeah. was also a school teacher in the same school. So we used to wonder look, if we ever met his mum, are we going to have to call her Mrs.
0: Scabies? <laughs> we never met her. I, used to, I played poker with, with Rat. They're, they're all cool dudes. Uh, some of them don't get along so well. No.
1: Well, that happens. That happens when you have a band for a long time. You know, it's like a family, right? And sometimes, you know. You get along with your family, sometimes you don't. Because it's a bit unnatural being stuck in one of those tin boxes going up and down the freeway 24-7 for months on end,
0: you know? It's unnatural having, if you're like the songwriter or the singer, it's unnatural having more power than other people of this group you're hanging out with. And it, it throws things off. It's not like Ford dudes just hanging out. Yeah, yeah. How did you find that? Uh, well, my band, we have the same three originals since uh, 83. Right. Yeah. Someone joined in 91. And since then it's all been originals and we never had a fight. We never had any problems, uh, until COVID. Really? <laughs> and people were f- out, like, how am I going to make money? And why do you have so much money? But like, well, I have a fucking label? You guys, I started a label 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. I have more money. And I write all the songs, but we never had a fight. It was just like best friends. And our crew had been around for 25 years and it was really amazing and it, and it's it's still good but there were there were oh else well you know and any relationship you can keep going for
1: more than 10 years you've got to be you know thankful for really any any relationship yeah
0: well I'm thankful no one in my band's a dick they're all very down-to-earth people they're all nice and no one's ever smoked no smokers well we're, we're- don't smoke now, but
1: we used to. I've never tried a cigarette. You, so, you didn't listen to music when you were a kid. You never tried a cigarette. What do you do? Subtle innuendo. That's what Adam said, right? Oh, you should see my two dungeons. Yeah, no, I've read the book. I've read the book because my editor Ben, he had something to do with it. So he
0: he said, "Yeah, read this." <laughs> what saved us is that I didn't try drugs till my thirties. Yeah, and those guys were just doing acid and heroin and coke and doing everything. And I I did all the driving and I held, <laughs> I, held I held the band together. Yeah, Mike's going to drive, and everybody else is in the back of the bag going oh. oh yeah. all night long on acid, just laughing at the stupidest shit, hitting me in the back of the head, and. Now they have to deal with me.
2: Uh-huh. <laughs> I used to like sitting up front with a bus driver, you know, and if he wanted some spliff, you know, I'd, I'd be rolling the seeds out, you know, and doing a three-skinner or whatever it would be.
0: But I'm, oh, I'm just making him coffee. I can't stand people who don't consider pot to be a drug. You know, like potheads, they bother me more, almost as much as meth heads. You know, uh, other drugs, I don't mind them, but people who smoke a lot of pot, they confuse me. I, what are you fucking talking about? Why do you keep changing subject? Had <laughs> our drummer in early '90s because he was a junkie, and like he played three records on heroin, and he's very good. You know, he never missed a show. You guys smoke pot every day, and you forget everything, <laughs> and you can't kick him out because his drug has a. Uh, a, a bigger stigma than yours
1: Right, well yeah, it's all about the stigma Isn't it, of everything, but I mean, you know If you think about it, if you've been punk rock Most of your life You know, you've been an outsider anyway So that's that's where we exist You know, and I don't actually care about it You know, I mean, I, I meet a lot of people Now who are like My age, maybe I went To high school with them or whatever And they're all retiring, I'm like Retiring? What? What is that? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? You know, and they, they don't actually believe what I've done for the last 40 years. You know, they
0: can't, they can't get their mind around it. Well, yeah. Like I went to my high school reunion. It was 40, 35 year, 40. And people like, Oh, you're still punk. Well, yeah. I've lived a life of nothing but fun. You know, <laughs> when are you going to grow up Mike? I'm a rabbi now. Oh, I have a real estate agency or whatever. Like, Oh, I just kept playing in my band. Uh, travel the world and do whatever the fuck I want (laughs) like how how fortunate are all of us for uh, yeah you know we all got to live the dream
2: I know now now I've got to explain it to my kids you know because is that you (laughs) (laughs) is that you Hang on, if that's you, I can that be you as well. Oh,
0: I know my daughter bought me high heels for Father's Day. That's
2: <laughs> how, how old's your daughter? She's eighteen. Eighteen. My little boy just called me. He's downstairs. <laughs> He's nine. <laughs> what are you doing, Daddy?
0: Where's everybody? <laughs> Go back to sleep. <laughs> I'm so cute. People say, "Mummy and Daddy," you're, you know, you're both foreigners. I'm not,
1: though. Well, you know, because I, I have a passport that says I'm American now. So there you go. You sound like a foreigner. Yeah, well, yeah, everybody sounds like a foreigner in America.
2: <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people from where I am right now uh, came to America, right?
0: Where are you? In Berlin. Oh, you know what? Now I see it. You got that Berlin look with the round glasses and the black shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The two years they spent in Hamburg, the Beatles, they couldn't go anywhere. They didn't speak the language. They just had to hang out in their little fucking room, and all they did is learn every guitar chord. Yeah, that's right. That's right. People don't even know how genius the chord progressions are. They
2: might have done a little bit of moving around the Reaper Barn or something, you know. Well, yeah, blocks. They went blocks away. <laughs> Ringo, Ringo, come over here. There's a there's a shop window. You're not going to believe it.
1: <laughs> I can understand that, but you're right, Mike, because it's like that. That book, Malcolm Gladwell, about the ten thousand hours you do, like makes you geniuses. Oh, the outliers. Yeah. And they did that, you know, for those those that time in Hamburg. You're right. They play six shows a day. They live behind the cinema screen at the back. You know, they didn't have anything. What are you gonna do? Just play, play, play. They perfected
0: their craft, and that's what other bands didn't do. Right. They didn't have that opportunity uh to be stuck like that. No. And and people don't even know. I don't know how to play a lot of Beatles songs, but even their early songs have, you know, verses with three minor chords out of four,
2: Mm.
0: you know, she loves you. It's like, it's, it's gorgeous. And you know, and that's, that's what I strive to do is, is our our verses have eight to 16 chords in them. Yeah. Yeah. Every verse is 16 chords, but they change the pattern. Like my band hates me, but that's, that's the trick is no one notices. All they notice is that they want to hear the song more than they want to hear a three chord song. Like you can keep listening to it after twenty years and it's still interesting. They don't know why.
2: It's it's all about the drums, though, Mike. You know, I think the innovation the Beatles has to be Ringo. Uh, <laughs> and he didn't ha- he didn't have big drums, but he went. It's what he did with them. You know that bump, bump, tick, tick, genius. Digga, 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 digga,
0: digga, digga. I live in Vegas, and I've seen Love eight times. Oh, really? Yeah. I can't – when a good friend comes we got to go see it again. Yeah. And it just hits you so hard. Like Even their bad songs – well, no, they have some bad songs. Even their bad songs. Well, I don't want to hear Honey Pie. You know what? Fuck you. Fuck you <laughs> <laughs> Your revolution number nine and all that shit. But 80% of their songs are better songs than any other band. Yeah.
2: Well, Radiohead is still trying to make
0: the White Album, right? Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs>
2: And Tears for Fears had a good go at it, didn't they? Yeah. You
0: know, I mean, everybody's tried. Talk about overrated bands. Jesus fuck.
2: Did I touch a nerve?
0: (laughs) They're the example I, I use of how big they are and how many records they have. And oh, now we're doing instrumentals. Everyone just wants to hear creep, you fucking idiots. <laughs> Except me, because I, I never liked their first stuff.
1: I like the, the, the weird electronic stuff, you know. Right. I didn't like any of the first stuff
0: Radiohead did, but you know the Oasis, now they wrote a lot of good songs. Mm. And uh, and some long, boring songs. Mm. Okay, let me tell my Oasis story, it's pretty good. What was that? New Year's Eve in two thousand one, uh, I hang out with my friend in Snuff and he's dear friends with Gam, who is our guitar player. And he's like, Mike, we're going to take you somewhere when no one gives a fuck who you are. So we went to a New Year's Eve party at Gems House. So, you know, all the, the Knowles were there. I mean, the, the Gallaghers were there. And uh, Andy from Travis, who, by the way, was the only person that would talk to me. Wow. And But it was so interesting. The Oasis guys were nice. Oh, nice to see you. There's only 20 people there. But after New Year's Eve, Oasis played their own music for the next five hours. And they all just sat around a table and rocked Oasis tunes. Oh, yeah. not, not played them live, played them on the on the stereo. And I cannot believe it. Who does that? Yeah, who does that? Exactly. They do because they they believe the hype. Yeah, but that's one of the reasons. But you know what? They're good songs. Their great songs are fucking great.
2: Well, I'm gonna hold. I'm gonna
0: hold my opinion on that. <laughs> I don't think they're smart lyrically. I find them just plagiarism. I, well, you can't. You can pin the songs on any band. They 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 stole some styles. Yeah, yeah. Like slow, Sally," canway I can't. That's not a, a song that I know. It's just they kind of tr- tried to steal the Beatles sound songs, but their songs are so much simpler and stupider. <laughs> but and more more electric guitar. But they pulled it off. And uh, this one interview that Nardwar did when they said, we told everyone we're the best band since the Beatles. And 50% of the people were like, fuck you anchors. the 50% believed it. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's
1: what you we do. Well, that, that's the basis that Trump's working on, isn't it really? Well, no, I don't
0: have to that, yeah. I'm the greatest, greatest president since, <laughs> you're the worst president of all time.
1: Sleaford Mods, have you heard them? No. They're, 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 oh, you got to hear them. If you want to hear punk now, like new music, right, Sleaford Mods, UK Grim,
0: that's what you want to hear. UK Grin? Grim. Yeah, there's not a UK Grin. That's just bad dental work. <laughs> You guys are fun. When are we going to
1: hang out? Well, let's get down to the museum. Have you got Have you got merch at the museum? Because I will buy some merch. I, I mean, I want to get in for free, but I will buy. Some. You want the underwear? Yeah, <laughs> but not the
0: particular one he's wearing right now. Thank you. We got We got some nice burgundy velvets, <laughs> <laughs> right. and, and and they're designed to hold your junk in too. That's what's cool about them. Some l- lace involved, maybe. So I don't know. You want more, more sissy stuff? I have, I have that too. Okay, we, we try to make panties that are attractive to women. That, that's like the main thing. But uh, I, I just talked to Frankie Grande earlier today, and he uh, he loves our dresses and underwear. You know what? The the punk rock
1: museum sounds like a great place because I, I went to Nashville last year and I went to the Johnny
0: Cash museum because I thought, well, that would be interesting. It was terrible. Oh yeah. damn. No, no, no. You know the thing. Like you can play uh, Joan Jett's guitar. You could. Uh, and well, in Tim Armstrong's original uh, Rancid hollow body, right? My bass, uh, you can play them in the, through the original amps. You know, there's like there's 15. There's a room where you could you just play it. There's a guy in there, and he gives you the guitar, and you play Do it.
2: Do I sense expansion coming on, Mike? You're gonna have to get bigger premises.
0: Well, we're getting a, a little building, which we're gonna put a fishbowl studios where it's glass, and you could be at the bar and watch a band record, but. And the tour guides, you know, we have really cool tour guides. That, that's the fun part about being here is Fred Schneider came in the other day from BVG and Flea came in. And when any, a band comes to town, everyone wants to see it. And everyone is so happy. It, it brings so much joy to people, which is the main thing. I'm coming. I'm coming. I'm over this. All joy. And isn't that what you want in a life is to make people happy? Yeah, absolutely. Make
1: people happy and give them something back. And that's exactly what you're doing, Mike. You don't want to miss it. It's, it's very special. We're coming to see you. We're coming to see you. Thank you, Mike, so much for talking. Thank you, Mike. Take care. Thanks for having me on your show, you guys. So I want to touch the bug and develop it.
2: Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Curious Creatures is created and presented by Lol Tolhurst and Butchie. Producer, Joe Wong. Producer and audio designer, Dan Didier. Executive producer, Mark Cates. Associate producer, Sophie Wild. Digital marketing, Margie Taylor. Art and logo design, Justin Thomas K. Music production, Jack Knife Lee. Curious Creatures is on the web, and you can access us at
1: www.curiouscreaturespodcast.com And you can reach us on Instagram and Facebook at Curious Creatures Official Twitter at Cure Creatures
2: To find more of the best music podcasts visit doubleelvis.com or follow at doubleelvis on Instagram or at doubleelvis on Twitter
1: Curious Creatures is a production of LXB LLC 2023